Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the Laces Out podcast. No guest this week. Guest predictions, no actual guest. Just me and Paul, man in it, old school. And uh, doing a damn fine job. Yeah. Um, we're talking last week's games, the upcoming games. Um, everything that's going on in the league stats it's all there um wherever you get in your podcast please do think about subscribing whether it's video audio or whatever please do consider subscribing right let's get going here we go this is cookie cast laces out Recording in progress. <clears throat> yep, it happens as quickly as that. We're all about the recording in progress over here on the Laces Out podcast, Yorkshire's number one NFL podcast. Um, for you YouTube watchers, you'll uh, you'll see a distinct lack of any former guest. Uh, I believe we've got some funky guest predictions. And uh, our own predictions. Um, but I imagine a good place to start would be last week's predictions. See? I know. I know podcasting. Just doing some last minute tying up because uh, I had a horrible feeling that I'd got something wrong. You shortchanged me on points? Absolutely. So, not to uh, you know pull back the curtain too much for the uh, for the podcast listeners and viewers, because you know who wants to see how the sausage is made and all that. But at the time of recording, there are still two games to be played in week fifteen of the NFL season. <coughs> Oopsie! Now that is not due to a NFL snafu it is due to this pesky virus that's ripping its way through the globe for what what feels like a sort of comeback tour akin to that of maybe the Rolling Stones or something like that I tell you this much it's, wave. it's tearing through the NFL that's for sure certainly is but uh, sadly, the Washington football team's game at the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday and the Seattle Seahawks game at the Los Angeles Rams also on Sunday have been moved to officially Tuesday, UK, basically Wednesday morning. So, of the 16 games, technically we only have 14 results in as it stands. <coughs> However, of the two games that are left to be predicted, we have all picked the Rams to beat the Seahawks, and half of us have picked the Eagles, and half of us have picked the Washington football team. Now, I know what you're thinking. 
all that means is that, well, in that case, surely the uh, predictions is still all to grow, so all to all for grabs and all to play for for this particular week. Absolutely. You would be incorrect in thinking that. As possible. we have a three-way tie currently for second place with oh. nine out of 14 picks correct Oof. for guest predictor Stuart Woodmansey, podcast host Andrew Cook, And podcast host, Paul Williams, which means that on 11 out of 14 picks so far, is guest predictor Matthew Moore. Now, the eagle-eyed and eagle-eared amongst you will have noticed that if someone was two up with two to play, but of those two, one of the predictions is all the same across the board... That is a maximum of one point difference. And if someone's already two points up... It's all over by the showing. No. <coughs> keeping, the, uh, keeping the guest streak going for what is now a fourth week, yes. it is another point for the guest. Yes. Matthew Moore proving his weight in goal. So can't do the full can't do the full um, points uh, out, of, out of sixteen just yet because obviously there's two games left to be played. Mm-hmm. But for the overall season points, it is now Andrew with two. The guest has six points, and I am now only one ahead on seven points. Three weeks left to play. Oh. It could not. Be closer. Apart from next week when it'll obviously be seven and seven. Yeah. Wow. Is all I have to say there. Wow. I'm You're not wrong, Andrew. I'm not obviously not happy to not even be in the running, but I do find this uh this guest gaining ground to be uh loads of fun so that is uh, last week well kind of all of last week's games done and dusted it isn't but it doesn't affect our predictions and it doesn't affect the points which as has been pointed out goes to Matthew Moore the guest to finish talking about last week we should probably talk some stats and it's just me and Paul here. Um, we have to divide the stats between us. I have taken the first half, not quite half, and uh, Paul's got the second half. Uh, and I've already, I've already had a little look, and uh, starts with uh, starts with where it should absolutely start. This is week 15 NFL stats for the 2021 season, collated by the Stats Mistress and brought to you, I imagine, by Nate Davis of USA Today. The first stat is this. 
in a Sunday night stunner, the New Orleans Saints upended Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 9-0. to zero. In the lowest scoring game of the season. It was the first shutout suffered by Brady since 2006. The Green Bay Packers became the first team to qualify for postseason putting a bow on the NFC North with Sunday's 31-30 win at Baltimore. The Pack's 11-3 record is the league's best. Aaron Rodgers' trio of touchdown passes gave him 442 for his career, tying Hall of Famer Brett Favre's Packers record. Favre had 286 interceptions with Green Bay, Rodgers has 93. I did see something that somebody put, that somebody put out about that. So Dan Hansis, who is the host of the Around the NFL podcast, done by the by the NFL themselves, um, tweeted out at some point, can you imagine watching, like, being a Packers fan and watching Brett Favre like, set, the, set the franchise record for touchdown passes but then immediately after he immediately after he leaves you watch the next quarterback then basically equal the record for the franchise touchdowns and he said yeah that'd be nice said said as a long-suffering Jets fan oh Jesus I'm sure their time will Number three, however, a surprising fantasy community as Ravens quarterback two, Tyler Huntley, playing in place of injured Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson outscored Rodgers courtesy of four total touchdowns, 215 yards passing and 73 rushing. Saw a thing uh, earlier in the week saying um, that People expect him to uh, be quarterbacking a team in the new season. Um, probably not the Ravens, but um, it's it, it's weird because it's almost like he's. I don't want to say Lamar Jackson light, but it they have basically just just taken a quarterback who is basically just the carbon copy mm. of their starting quarterback. Yeah, so. Good with his feet, but can also throw the ball. Yeah, strange. Um, but that won't make those in Baltimore any happier. The Ravens, 8-6, and six, having lost three in a row by a total of four points. A skid that's dropped them to the top of the AFC to also run. Status. Sunday was the second time in three weeks that coach John Harbaugh went for a two-point conversion and win at game's end rather than settle for trying an extra point. Both gambles failed. Now, you and I have had this conversation off-air, 
to talk about um, the <coughs> psychology around going for two points when it's unnecessary. Um, I've been listening to a couple of not necessarily NFL-based podcasts, but people who are you know big into the NFL and talk at length about it, and talking about why teams take a two-point conversion in the first half and stuff like that. And apparently there's um, there are analytics that point to two points are more exciting than one to watch. And it's all around the NFL boosting their viewer figures. Uh, your point, your counter-argument to that was they shouldn't care. Um, and I think, I think you and I just went round and round in circles in the money versus the game um, argument. Which... I think that's uh, an argument as as old as as old as time itself. You know, should should it be let's focus on the game? Should it be let's focus on who pays the bills? Which is it? Um, I think there's a lot that's come out in you know since that game in defence of the decision to take the two point. Um, there was a, a somebody had done a breakdown of all right, okay, so uh, you kick the field goal. To then go and attempt a 50-50 coin toss to attempt to get into a position to play to win when your team's absolutely exhausted and all this. And it highlighted that from one side of, from one way of looking at it, it was the right decision and, and things like that. Um, obviously, they've, they've taken a lot of flack for that decision. So I think people coming out and defending it. Um, it's interesting. <clears throat> I, I I think I'd have gone, gone for it. like you said. They have arguably the best kicker in the league. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the thing that. So I understand the reason that he went for it against the Steelers. I think it was two or three weeks ago. So when he was interviewed after the game, he said, was there any particular reason as to why he took the two-point attempt as opposed to just kicking for, for overtime? And he said they were down a couple of cornerbacks. So he knew they were weak in the secondary. So he knew that if it went to overtime and the Steelers got the ball, they were going to be up against it. Yeah. So I can understand, I can understand the reasoning there, but I don't think they had a similar reasoning this weekend as to why they didn't go for it. So to me, it just makes no sense when you've when you've got a when you've got a kicker. I think in his entire career has only missed one extra point. Yeah, I think ever. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's that thing that when you look at the percentage of successful two point conversions, I, I I don't think I would ever gamble on it. it well, it's just such it, a low percentage. Especially them, because I think it said at the time it was either they were either two for eight at the time, and it's obviously now two for nine, or they were yeah. two for seven at the time, and it's now two for eight. Yeah. But so if you're batting at like you know twenty five percent or less, when you've got a ninety nine point seven percent or whatever it works out as yeah. for his extra point conversion ratio, then. It just to me it was it was it was a very strange option because then obviously the the upshot of that of the missing the two point conversion was the fact that they, end, they then ended up having to go for an onside kick and then you run the risk there of potentially getting 
another injury. Yeah, and they your, and they have special teams. Yeah, they have terrible um, conversion rates as well. I was just having a quick squiz through to look ahead to see if there's any mention in the stats about um, the Panthers auditioning kickers before <laughs> before starting the game, which was just like, uh, and how they were doing a lot of stuff because they could they didn't have a kicker to rely on stuff like that. Um, this is a this is a good one. The Lions. Win over the Cardinals might qualify as the biggest upset of 2021. Though a team that plays as hard as Detroit was bound to win more games. However, this victory dropped them out of the number one spot in the projected order for next year's draft. But hey. Um... <clears throat> oh, Paul, I might have sent you one too many. Um... I think I should. Have, I think I should have kept the first one, but uh, I will get to that. The Titans could have taken control of the AFC and staked a Steelers team that had just 168 yards of offense Sunday. Instead, Tennessee nine and five turned the ball over four times in defeat, giving Pittsburgh seven six and one new life and the number one perch in the conference to Kansas City Chiefs. 10 and 4, a team the Titans dominated earlier this season. Uh, to steal one back from Paul, Steelers quarterback Ben Rothersberger passed for just enough yards, 148, to leapfrog 2004 draft mate Philip Rivers for fifth place on the NFL's all time list. Big Ben now has. 63,562 yards through the air, but would have to play several more years to catch five, 71,838 for fourth place. That is the end of my stats for the week. I believe Paul has a few more for you. I certainly do, Mr. Cook. So we continue on with... Seventh-year running back Duke Johnson, who'd been relegated to the practice squad carousel earlier this season, enjoyed a career day for the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. His first NFL game with two rushing touchdowns and first bypassing the century mark, 107 rushing yards. Johnson's effort came at the right time, given the Finns' recent COVID-19 issues in their running back room. Next one, the Jets. 3-11 and 11 were officially eliminated from playoff contention with this week's loss. I mean, I still think, I still thought they were right in with the shot. Oh, it was, it was real close. Just, just on a knife edge, wasn't it? You'll be shocked to hear they last qualified for the postseason in 2010. This, therefore, is the longest ongoing drought in the league. And their 11-year absence matches the worst stretch in franchise history, which previously took place between 1970 to 1980. So, I mean, that that can only mean that grey skies are going to clear up. You know, put on a happy face, Jets fans, because your time's coming. And it's going to be nothing but sunshine and rainbows and Zach Wilson throwing... 50 tuddies a season for the next seven seasons 
Unfortunately for you guys, he will be doing it in a different country, in a different, in a different team. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Indianapolis Colts running back, Jonathan Taylor, who leads the league with 1,518 rushing yards and 19 touchdowns, definitely deserves to remain at the forefront of the MVP conversation after running over Bill Belichick's New England Patriots for 170 yards and a touchdown. Taylor's 11th consecutive game scoring on the ground. Yeah, he's looking pretty tasty. Yeah. The end of New England's seven-game winning streak not only cost the team first place in the AFC, it sets up a battle, and a mouth-watering battle it is, for first place in the AFC East with next week's rematch against the Buffalo Bills... Eight and six. Cannot wait. Oh. Cannot wait. Uh, remember the untimely obituaries some were writing about the Chiefs? After Thursday night's comeback win in overtime over the Los Angeles Chargers, coupled with losses by the Titans and Patriots, the two-time defending AFC champions now on the inside track to the conference's number one playoff seed. Again. Yeah. Stranger things have happened. After his 10-catch, 191-yard, two-touchdown night in LA, Kansas City's Travis Kelsey posted his sixth consecutive 1,000-yard receiving season. Greg Olson is the only other tight end to manage that in three straight years. Did I see something earlier about Travis Kelsey... Being flagged on a particular list. Ooh. I, I I saw a I saw that. a post that said it looks like the virus has entered Kansas City. Well, Chiefs placed Tyreek Hill six others on reserve COVID nineteen list. There you go. Ah, and that's so uh, Tyreek Hill. Titan Blake Bell, linebacker Nick Bolton, cornerback Rashad Fenton, offensive lineman Lucas Nyang and Kyle Long, sorry, offensive linemen Lucas Nyang and Kyle Long, and safety Armani Watts were also added to the list Tuesday. The news comes a day after the Chiefs put star Titan Travis Kelsey, kicker Harrison Butker, and defensive back Charvarius Ward on the COVID 19 list. Oh my good God. Yep. They have been ravaged. Yep. The NFL's updated COVID-19 protocols have made it easier for players to return from the reserve slash COVID-19 list, provided they're vaccinated, asymptomatic, and test negative twice within one day. So, not guaranteed that they'll miss the weekend's games. They've obviously got until not. Saturday to come out of the protocols. Yeah. Returning to the stats... Mm. New York Giants running back Saquon Barkley entered Sunday with 779 career touches without a fumble. He finally coughed it up in Big Blue's 21-6 loss to Dallas. Yep. Oh, good things have to come to an end, don't they? It's that thing. Uh, slightly sombre note to finish, but, you know, something that we can all hang on to, I suppose, in the end at the end of this. With Christmas upon us, good time to remember what a violent game the NFL NFL is and to keep Chargers tight end Donald Parham, Jets safety Elijah Riley 
and Broncos quarterback Teddy Bridgewater, all of which were carted off in week 15 in your thoughts. They all looked not great. No. Um, the Donald Parham one, especially the Chargers tight end, was awful. He was, he was just lying in the tight end. He was just lying in the end zone and his arm was just in the air and it was just fixed in a position. It was awful. Uh-huh. Just not at all. But um, apparently he has since... I think he's since um, either been released from the hospital or he'd sent, he'd sent out a tweet or something to say that he was, you know, feeling loads better as about. So that's a good sign. Yeah. Obviously, uh, it's, uh, it is a violent game and uh, it does does have certain effects that go with it, unfortunately. Um, and it's at times like this, it's a, it's a stark reminder of those, those issues. Um. So that's last week, week 15, in the books. It's done and done. Um, Something I wanted to run past you if you had to pick the Super Bowl now, with everything that's gone on, with with the way the games have gone, with the way the league's gone, if you had to pick the Super Bowl now, where would you go? I, I've had this conversation a couple of times this week with various people. Like often, conversations start in that. I mean, it's just it's anybody's game. You know, these teams are starting to shine. I saw something a, a few weeks back where somebody said that um, they they believe as an NFL fan that this is potentially the best season there's ever been purely because there there hasn't been that that one team that you know let's face it that New England Patriots for the last 20 years kind of situation where there hasn't been a clear out and out winner all the way through the season a lot of the time it's been anybody's game. We've seen some insane defeats of teams that are like, oh, this team's a juggernaut. Oh, they're, they're that much of a juggernaut that they get beaten by a weird team. Um, it, in some ways, I would agree that this is potentially one of the best Seasons, you know, we all love a, oh, I actually quite like that team. It's not my team, but I actually quite like that team. And they're doing really well. And they're, you know, they're Super Bowl bound. We all enjoy a season like that. But this season has been so open. So, I know I know we've got an extra week or yeah. extra game yeah. this season, which might have affected things. But... I don't think I've ever known a season get to week 15 before for a team to be in the playoffs. No. I don't think it's ever been that late. No. That, or I don't think we've ever been three weeks away from the end of the season and only one of the playoff spots has no. actually sewn up. No. That's I, crazy. I, I certainly can't remember a time where we've got this far through the season and still been wondering who's going to go to the playoffs. Exactly. Um, f- from a from a Super Bowl pick, obviously, if we go back to the start of the year, you said Bucks Chiefs, I said Packers Bills. I think I'm still pretty happy with that. I'd maybe change the Bills, but if yeah. you look, the Packers and the num- Packers are the current number one seed in the NFC. Um, and 
you would argue that the games they've got left on the schedule, they'll probably still be the number one seed when it comes to the end of the season because they've got the Browns on Christmas Day and the Browns are still going to be a bit COVID-y. Yeah. Um, so I still think the I still think the Packers will get there on one side. As for the AFC, I'm still not too sure on that one because even though the Chiefs are in the number one spot, I think a lot of it will depend on who out of the Titans and Colts wins that division. Mm-hmm. I reckon that's massive because if the yeah. Titans can't win the division, they'll obviously have a road wild card game. Uh-huh. And it'll all be dependent on whether Derek Henry's back or not. And if he is back, how sort of well he's running and things like that. Which I I, I don't think they're expecting him back. I don't think that... I, I think they basically said at a certain point in time, don't count on him being back. And Derek Henry is a large aspect of that team. Um, well, he just completely, he completely changes their offence. Yeah, so like, yeah. Like, you know, if he's not, if he's not playing, their whole game plan changes, and like you just have to look, you just have to look at the stats. Obviously, I think before he went down, there was something like maybe seven and three, yeah, and then now eight and four, no, eight yeah. and five. See, um, no, that, that doesn't make any sense at all. I've got the, I've got those stats. I've got those figures horrendously mixed up, but yeah, they've they've lost they've lost a lot more games since he's been out yeah. injured. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, they, they they have. Yeah, um, you see, for me, I don't know if there is ever going to be a time that I would feel comfortable putting the Packers in the Super Bowl position, purely because I have seen the Packers lose in the playoffs too many times. They oh, they're, they're, the playoffs, the playoffs. Yeah, the playoff is their kryptonite. They can be the most dominant force through the regular season. They enter the playoffs and it's just it's just Russian roulette until which random ass team is going to take them out of the playoffs. Which is why no matter how much I I, I you know I love Green Bay, I, I I like the team that they've got going on. I like the way that they work. Obviously, I've also been very vocal about some of the issues that they have, you know, in and around the quarterback position. Um, but for for your season, for your season-long team, Green Bay Packers all day. Playoffs, I, I wouldn't ever go anywhere near them playoff-wise because I've just seen it too many times. Uh, weirdly, there was a point in time where I was asking if I could take one of one of my Super Bowl picks back. I think, like you, I would at this point probably still stick with my Super Bowl prediction, Bucks Chiefs. But seeing that list and looking at where we are here, where they'll all have to clear the protocol. Where the games are going to be, you know, are they going to start dropping games here and there because of injury slash COVID list? You know, are they going to be in the same sort of position come playoff time? <clears throat> it's that, you know, start of the season, 
people were putting the ravens up there i was all for it yeah i was like yeah put put the ravens in the picture you know they've just they've just slipped and slipped and slipped the bills anytime anybody mentioned the bills as a pick for the super bowl i was like hell yes and they've just slipped and slipped and slipped and started looking a little bit more like the bills that we remember it's so open and every time i'm like you know brady and the books are going to do it he gets shut out it's it's such a weird season um but having said all that i think at this point in time just purely because of how open it is i'd probably just stick with my prediction and and go yeah. from there speaking yeah, I'll, I'll, go on I'll, I'll still stick with the packers but on the afc side of things if they can win the division I don't think anyone will want to play the Colts. Nope. Just because Jonathan Taylor is that good. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if everything falls in the right spaces for them, they could go deep into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Packers Colts would be a fairly decent Super Bowl, I suppose. Who knows? <laughs> it would. I mean, I know which side of the the fence I'd be falling on for that. Uh, I, I feel like, or, although it may be a good game, it, it's kind of clear the outcome there. You know, I, I've I've all I've always wanted a that Super Bowl where you look at it and you go, I I honestly don't know who's going to win, but out of the two teams that are playing, I don't think I care because it's whatever comes of it, it's going to be an app absolute monster game that's the Super Bowl you always want you know we've had far too many years of oh for fuck's sake the Patriots are in it again I mean <laughs> if, if if you were to ask anybody I'm, I'm pretty sure the answer would be the Super Bowl that nobody wants to see will be the Buccaneers versus the Patriots <sighs> I don't know. I think there's probably a few people lining because, up for those tickets. No, nah, because if you think about it, that's that's one way. No matter which way you slice it, you can't you can't win because either Brady gets another ring or Belichick gets another ring. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've no I've noticed how all those Patriot fans that were like, "Oh, uh, the Patriots are shit again." Okay. Cool. Well. Uh, Brady was our man. It wasn't. It wasn't the team. Brady was our man. So we can secretly be Bucks fans and still feel like we won the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, those Patriots fans are like, wait a minute, the Patriots are still good. Cool, we can still support our own team. So many people are talking like oh, MVP candidate, Super Bowl contender, Belichick's done it again. I'm like, yeah, can we not? So, uh, look forward to that in the coming weeks. Um, right, let's talk. Uh, let's talk predictions. And I, I can't say a hundred percent, but I believe there was mention of a random guest prediction. Well, if I was to do this, you may notice there are four sets of predictions in this book. Oh. So obviously myself, 
and Mr. Cook have provided our picks for the week. As he's on a bit of a roll, Matthew Moore has also provided some picks. Really? I like it. And supplying a first guest predictions of the season. First time ever. Stuart Woodmansey has put his glorious lady wife, Sarah, up to the plate and she has, let, let's be honest, she, she's she smashed it. She's absolutely smashed it. She has given the predictions. They look prediction-like. Therefore, shall we dive in? Let's do it. Let's get in it. So, first game of the week, Thursday night football. There was a discussion last week. We didn't know whether this was going to be the last one of the of mm. the uh, yeah. of the current slot. I yeah. was convinced there was at least one more. So we've got the San Francisco 49ers travelling to Tennessee to take on the Titans. Titans. Mr. Andrew Cook is out on his own on Titan Island. Points on the board. Love it. Both me, Matt and Sarah all picking the hot hand 49ers. Um, Matt also has uh, maybe got a little uh, side money on this as he may have backed the 49ers to win the division as a rank outsider. Obviously we'll be pulling for a Seattle Seahawks win tonight to keep the division much closer. Always Next up, we move to the Christmas Day games, of which there are two. The first is the Cleveland Browns travelling to Green Bay to get spanked by the pay, uh, by the Packers. I think is uh, is the safe safe bet on this one. Shock horror! We've all picked the home team. Packers. Which number quarterback will they be sending out this week? Who knows? It'll probably be the kit man or something like that at this point. He'll be taking snaps. The ball seven. boy will be taking the... Uh... <sighs> yeah, not Amazing. good. Um, the late window Christmas Day game is the Indianapolis Colts travelling to the desert to take on the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. 50-50 split on this one. Cardinals fans Andrew Cook and Sarah Woodmansey going up against Indianapolis Colts fans Paul Williams and Matthew Moore. I think we can all agree that's going to be an absolute banger of a game. Yes, please. Uh, next up, so then we move to the what is Boxing Day over here. I don't think they refer to it as that in America. We have the New York Giants against the Philadelphia Eagles in a game that no one really cares about. We have all picked the Eagles. We've then got the LA Rams at the Minnesota Vikings. Sarah obviously uh, likes likes to skull a bit as she's uh, taken the Vikings in this one, whereas the three lads have taken the Rams. Next up, it's game of the week, potentially. Right, it's the battle for first place in the AFC East. 
where the Buffalo Bills travel to New England to take on the Patriots. Uh, Patriots Island is inhabited by Mr. Cook, Mr. Moore, and Mrs. Woodmansey. Whereas, obviously, pulling for those Bills to get back up into the playoff race, to get back up into the Super Bowl race, it's this guy. I believe in Josh Allen, and he will get the job done. Next up, we have four consensus picks across the board in a row. We've all taken the Bucks to beat the Panthers, the Jets to beat the Jags, the Falcons to beat the Lions, and the Chargers to beat the Texans. If there's any great shockers there, I think they're all fairly well-fancied teams. Uh, next up, we've got a 50-50 slot again. We've got the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cincinnati Bengals in a AFC North showdown. Uh, both myself and Sarah have picked the Bengals to get the win here, whereas mm. Andy and Matt are on the Ravens. Next up, we have the Chicago Bears travelling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. We've all taken the Seahawks in that one. Uh, as, as we just discussed, actually, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers at the COVID-ravaged Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, keep an eye on that situation as it might affect the Chiefs team when we get to the game. But as it stands at the moment, we've all taken the Chiefs in that one. Uh, last few games to go through, we've got the Broncos at the Raiders. Uh, both me and Andy are on the Raiders for this one, whereas Matt and Sarah have, on, have taken the Broncos. Um, we've then got the Sunday Night Football, which is the Washington football team travelling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. We've all taken the Cowboys. And the Monday Night Football, the last game of the week, provided there's no rescheduling for oh, COVID yeah. or that. We have the Miami Dolphins travelling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. And we have all backed the Saints 16 games 16 points to get that one precious overall prediction point that anyone who's anyone is clamouring to get going into the final two weeks interesting very interesting I can only imagine I'll end up winning this week to really add some spice to the rest of the predictions. And obviously, you know, I love a win, don't I? So, last week's done and dusted. This week's predictions are in the bag. Can there be anything else? Or is it any other business? So there's only really one thing that I think we can discuss, and I'm pretty sure it hadn't happened at the time of recording last week, but the Jacksonville Jaguars sacked their head coach. So Yes, they did. A news report came out, I think it was towards the end of last week, mm. where um, ex-Jags kicker Josh Lambeau had said that in practice or in training camp or something like that, Urban Meyer just apparently went up to him and just booted him 
And he was like, dude, what the hell, don't kick me. He was like, I'm the head coach, mother. I'm, if I want to kick you, I'll kick you, blah, blah, blah. And then obviously there was the whole situation earlier in the season when they played Cincinnati and he was caught, or he was pictured in a nightclub dancing provocatively with a, with a young lady. Um, there were other things that had come out about in interviews. He'd been asked if he was interested in taking the head coach's position at a, a college team. And he didn't exactly distance himself from the, those claims. It's all in all, it, 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 it's been a bit of a shitstorm for uh, for Urban, I think. And um, yeah, can't really see him getting a uh, another shot at being a uh, head coach in the NFL somehow. No, absolutely not. At the end of the day, it's all about how you conduct yourself in it, especially in like these high-profile positions, and how he's conducted himself is not great, to put it mildly. So, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, you don't want to you don't want to see people losing jobs and stuff, but I think. Uh, the Jags have probably made the right decision there. Um, I think at the, it's all coincided with their season basically ending. Um, he, he, was, he was very much on borrowed time, and what a couple of a couple of different people had said in, in interviews that I'd read is that they were very much at that point where how much longer do they want to give him to potentially ruin Trevor Lawrence more? Yeah, and it was that thing of yeah, they probably need to be careful with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, like I say, it's all about how you conduct yourself, and when you conduct yourself poorly, then you know, writing's on the wall, isn't it? Uh, anything else from anything else from you or the news? I have nothing else, sir. I don't think I've got anything. Like I say, I, I did want to just go over how we felt about our Super Bowl predictions. Uh, it might be good to get some of the other uh, the guest predictors back on and see if they want a, another shot, a redraft. Some, uh, but that's something to ponder for the future. Um, there we go. That's that. NFL football in the bag. We here the laces out podcast uh gonna wish you lovely people fantastic christmas wonderful new year in theory we'll see you at some point when we can fit it in Um, i I dare say there'll be a there'll be a week 16 roundup week 17 preview i'm sure um so that's that merry christmas one and all thank you to you sir for joining me Seeing these lovely people through the world of the NFL. And I will catch you next time. Tatty bye. So there we go. What do you think to that? Not too bad. Just me and Paul. We get the job done, that's for sure. Big thank you to everybody who's been listening along to the Laces Out podcast through the season, through this year. Long-time listeners, first-time listeners. We love you all. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Although, we should be seeing you before New Year. So, you know, Merry Christmas. 
If you want to subscribe, there'll be a subscribe button just there. Click it and become a member of the CookieCast crew. You can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com. There's ways of getting in touch with us, so you can drop us a line and let us know how you're getting on. That is it for this one. Until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then.